What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, September 10th, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 371. How the hell is everybody doing? Hope you guys are doing great on this amazing first week of NFL football. Uh, I was at the Giants game yesterday in the rain, which sucked, but got to see uh, what I think is going to be the clearly the best back in the NFL, um, Saquon Barkley. I'll obviously get into that. A lot of stuff to talk about. Talk about my prediction, how those are going. Uh, I fucked up on one of them here, but, uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I lost a couple. I'll get into that. Um, great show for you guys. Want to talk a lot about the meltdown and make no mistake about it, that's what that was yesterday. A meltdown by Serena Williams in the U.S. Open. Uh, I want to talk about that and what everybody's talking about. Was it was it sexist? Would the, the ref have called that against a man? All that shit that's gone on. We'll talk about that. We'll break down the first week of the NFL and the games that are going on uh, tonight, Monday night. Um, Jets and Lions, Raiders and Rams. We will talk uh, about un- my unacceptable we will uh, talk about uh, this past weekend. That was a bunch of stuff to talk about. All right. So uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and get ready for TVE episode 371. Uh, you know what? Should we? Yeah, I'll get right into that. I'll get right into the. Um, I'll get right into the Capper Network now. And uh, I know that a bunch of people hit me up and said that they signed up for Capper Network. I know that I had some uh, friends and family hit me up saying that they did it. I had some people saying they didn't know how to use it, but they're working on it. Then that they got it. Um, so I want to know how you guys did with your predictions. Uh, I was just on there. Let me go to Capper Network right now. Uh, Capper Network, guys, my amazing new uh, sponsor. And uh, just jumped right into it now. We're in the thick of it here with um, the, uh, you know, the football season being here. What Capper Network is, is it's an amazing website, okay? And uh, the whole slow, the, the slogan is pick it, prove it, profit. What you do is it's 100% free to join, okay? 100% free to join. You, uh, you join, you sign in, you log in, and basically you go to the, uh, they have a prediction center. You pick whether you want NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is. Now, obviously, everybody's doing it with the NFL. You pick the games and you risk a certain amount of units. You have a limit, and uh, I think five being the highest, you know, one being the lowest, and you risk and you get up on the leaderboard. So, for all the people that you know talking shit, especially now with the NFL, how many friends did you have yesterday going, dude, I'm telling you right now? Okay, the Patriots are done. The Texans are going to go in there and they're going to fucking wipe their ass with them and throw it away. I'm telling you, dude, Tom's old. It's over. I bet you the Texans go. They're going to win by 14 tomorrow and they're going to shit on these guys. They're old. You know, they, they lost this one. They lost that one. That guy, right? Now, that guy can go to Capper Network for free and, and, and pick that. And if he's right and he gets a good ranking, he gets up on the leaderboard. And then people will actually pay for your advice. They'll pay for your, you know, for your prediction. So you could make money that way. People just seeing that you're leading and you you have a good record and you're winning, and they'll pay for your picks. Okay? 
So um, also, if you don't know too much about fantasy or gambling, you can just go on this and look at the leaderboard and then put your bets in based on what you're seeing here. Um, so it's just a win-win. You could even um, draft a capping team where you go and you pick some of the guys with the best records on the leaderboard and you can make money off of that. Uh, it's just an amazing thing. Now, I think right now I'm from yesterday I'm 5-8-1, but I screwed up. I screwed up because I was supposed to change my Chargers bet. I thought it was the Rams. Um, I thought it was the Rams, so I should have changed that. Uh, but I have to win. I'm only at a 38 winning percentage right now. Um, so I need to win both of these games tonight to kind of get even. Get to get to 500. So I'm not going up the leaderboard here uh, on week one, but it's I'm motivated now because now I'm like, all right, I gotta, you know, it always takes till week four. But since it's a prediction thing, I'm just going with it, trying to build my stock up here. But you guys should check it out. Um, pick it, prove it, profit, guys. Uh, CapperNetwork.com. Go to it um, and and sign up. And if you have any problems or whatever. Uh, those guys are amazing. They're always adding to it. And it's, you know, NBA's coming, hockey's coming, so it's a great thing. Uh, also, the other sponsor, what can I say? All Things Comedy. Uh, check them out for your favorite comedy podcasts, uh, video content, uh, just albums, so much stuff that they're doing. Check it out. You could follow them on um, on Twitter at All Things Comedy and check them out, allthingscomedy.com, and see what they're doing over there. Um. What should I do? Should I get right into You know, yeah, I'm going to just get right into it. Since I just talked sports and the prediction stuff, I'll get into sports now. I'll get into my unacceptable now, and then we, we will go from there. But let's go right to the U.S. Open. You don't have to be a sports fan to relate to what I'm talking about right now or to even understand it, okay? Because something happened yesterday, and I honestly, and something else happened today on uh, First Take on ESPN, which I rarely watch. I don't really watch um, sports talk anymore. I listen to it in the car when I'm driving to the city, and I don't really watch ESPN too much because everything is turned into a social issue, and they always put social issues on there instead of what it used to be, which is just fucking sports highlights and what people, or at least myself, want to hear. You know, I don't care what you think or what these people think about, you know, what's going on socially. It's, it's become that, and I, I really don't like it. You know, that's why for 15 months now, or 16 months or whatever it's been, I don't talk politics or anything on social media, because you're not going to win. Everybody has their stupid fucking opinion, and they put it out there, and then it gets you upset if you think something different, and then you go out back and forth. The next thing you know, you have a fucking enemy that you never even met, and it's just this big stupid thing. Okay, but um, here's, here's, I'm going to just break down what happened because I did watch it, and uh, and then um, and then what ESPN and First Take with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman said, and I even got into it with somebody uh, today, or I saw an argument online, and I just went in and I put my two cents in. Not really a political thing, but obviously a social thing. Serena Williams was in the U.S. Open against the. Uh, I forgot the. I, I'm gonna mess up the name. It's a a Japanese name. A Japanese woman, younger was playing against Serena Williams, who, let's be honest, by all accounts, Serena Williams is, you know, the goat of women's tennis. She's won so many, you know, majors, whatever, grand slams. I mean, she's just, she's she's so dominant. She's even better than her sister Venus. And, and she's, you know, she's just really great. And, you know, you want to call her the goat and all that? That's, that's totally fine. It's totally a great, it's great. And she's great. 
However, she's playing this younger Japanese woman in the U.S. Open. The Japanese woman dominates the first set and beats her, whatever it was, 6-2 to two or 6-4, to four, whatever, beats her. And then the Japanese woman is beating her in the second set. And I believe Serena Williams is this Japanese woman's hero. She loved her, and she's so excited to be playing her, okay? And she's winning. And the referee, Ramos, I believe his name is, or whatever, he notices in the crowd Serena Williams' coach, or I don't know if Serena Williams' coach is Ramos or if it's the ref. Um, anyway, the ref sitting in the chair watching the match notices that Serena looks over and sees her coach and her coach is coaching, I guess, or doing something with his hands. So he gives a warning and he says something along the lines of like, you can't do that. And Serena, who's losing, clearly upset and hot about it, knowing that she's probably going to lose because this woman's just on and she's not, walks over to the chair and goes, Hey, I am not a cheater, and don't say that. I'm not going to cheat. I would rather lose than this and that, and she's getting all hot. So, whatever. The guy guy comes in, and as Serena's losing, I guess, there's just this heated thing, and she goes over, and she's just like, I'm not doing that, and you're questioning my integrity. And then she brings her daughter into it. She's like, I have a daughter, and I would never, and she's going, she's doing like the whole thing. You know, like she's just like melting down, and she's like yelling at the guy, and then eventually, I don't know if the guy had like taken away a point or d- did something, but she like, she called him a thief. She goes, I want an apology from you. You're doing this and you're a thief. You're taking this from me. And then I guess when she called him a thief, I guess when she called him a thief, he goes, take away a point or something or whatever, a game or whatever, um, abusive, uh, Miss, Miss Williams being abusive. And she starts freaking out. She's like, you're doing this because I'm a woman and this and that. And it's like this whole thing. And when you watch it, okay, this has nothing to do. When you watch this, okay, and she called out like the head referee, like the head guy, some fucking old dude in a suit came out. She's talking to him. She's like, you know this is wrong. This because I'm a woman. And she's like losing it and shit. And um, when you watch it, it was just like, Somebody losing with the temper, breaking down, and she brought like sex into it, you know, and uh, it was this big thing, okay, and at the end, the Japanese woman won, and this poor Japanese woman is sitting there crying, she couldn't even enjoy it, she was crying and wiping her tears, and then fucking Serena Williams is like consoling her for her actions, it was so ridiculous and it had, to me, it had nothing to do. So anyway, I'm watching first take. And on first take, um, they said that this referee has known to do that to men. Andy Murray, who's obviously a man in the Olympics, called this same ref stupid. Got the same thing happened. Took it away, a point away from whatever it was. Did the same thing. Um... I think there was other things that happened with other tennis players with this guy on multiple occasions. Like this is just a guy that doesn't play around and when you start yelling at him, he he you know, he's got a short leash and he'll just whatever. He'll just give you the punishment. And I just so Max Kellerman is on first take and Max Kellerman goes, "You know, at first I was like, wow, Serena's throwing sexism out there fast." I thought it was really fast. But then I thought about it and I'm like, maybe she's right. And I'm just listening to this and I'm going, what? Like, I watched this thing. This has nothing to do with that. And then finally, Stephen A. Smith, the voice of reason, I even tweeted about this today. 
Stephen A. Smith goes, I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying I think Serena Williams is the GOAT. She's the greatest to ever do it. He said, as a black man, what she's accomplished as a black woman, I'm proud of it. All this stuff. He said, that being said, she's absolutely wrong here. You know, this is a ref that's known to do it and to bring sexism into it. So I tweeted at first take today. Not that they care, not that they're going to listen, not that they give a fuck at all. But I just said, is first take effing serious? I go, Max Kellerman saying that, you know, the situation with Serena is sexist is not only wrong, it's dangerous. Does that mean that any argument or any time you know, a, a woman is, is upset or getting mad at something and you fucking call him out on it, you go, oh, would you do that to a woman? Like, doing that is a really fucking dangerous thing, I feel like. Because it wasn't that at all. And if you watched it, it wasn't that. And I'd be the first to admit, hey, man, that's not right. He's doing that because that's a, you know, that's a woman. You know, you guys heard on my last podcast, I was sitting there going, dude, what that pastor did to Ariana Grande was just really fucking uncalled for and uncomfortable. And she had every fucking right to do that. And that was making a woman not feel safe in a situation where she where she should be. Absolutely. But this tennis thing, because you're getting beat. And then I heard today that her coach admitted he was coaching from the stands and apologized. So now this ref sitting there doing his job got fucking called sexist, got called all this and that. And nobody, yeah, Giannis was talking about it too. Nobody's going to give a shit about that guy's reputation or, or his life or his family. You know, and I said, thank God Stephen A. Smith was on there. You know, bravo, sir. You know, it, it really is. I just think that it's a really, really fucking easy, lazy way to do things. And it was just like, how about this young Japanese woman had a better day and was beating the greatest female tennis player ever. And the female tennis player who was happened to be fucking getting mad and did some, got into it with the, the, the guy in the chair and he didn't fucking take it. And she got punished for it. I don't think it has anything to do with sexism at all. You know? So it was just one of those things where I'm just watching this going, what the fuck is this? You know, and, and I just I just don't understand. It. And the fact that like you see on camera her coach doing things with his hands and the coach is doing things clearly like with his hands to say maybe move this way or that way or do the co- the guy was coaching from the stands. He was looking at his tennis player that he fucking coaches and he was doing shit from the stands and he apologized for it. That's what I heard today. I heard today on ESPN that he apologized for doing it. Which means the guy in the chair had a point. And it's like, oh, you know, so... And then watching the Japanese um, tennis player winning and getting... But crying and ruining the moment was absolutely despicable. So that is my unacceptable. Serena Williams acting like an entitled baby, you know? And if I ever saw Serena Williams, you know, I would say, you, you know, you're so dominant. You're, you know, great at what you do or whatever. This has nothing to do with anything against. But when somebody acts like that, whether it was a fight, dude, if there was a man, I'd say the same shit that has nothing to do with that. The coach admits to doing something. They got him on camera doing it. The guy in the chair didn't want to do something. Then she called him a thief for taking this away from me. And you owe me an apology and all this stuff. It was just really bad and tacky and such a bad look and I would say it for any sex any fucking race any f- I don't give a fuck who's doing it all right it could be an alien with a dick hanging off of his head and he fact if he acted like that I would say the same thing and it just sucks that everything has to turn into that now you know um I don't know man 
It was just annoying. So my unacceptable is Serena Williams' behavior and also taking the moment away from the the woman that actually won. The woman that actually won the U.S. Open. That is a crown jewel in somebody's career in that sport. You know what I mean? Like that is that is that is amazing. That is a comedian selling out Madison Square Garden or you know doing a a special, doing the Tonight Show, uh, headlining for the first time, doing all these different things. Like and you you want that memory to be so amazing. And this girl's crying. She's crying at the U.S. Open. She worked her ass off to do it. She beat her hero and she beat the greatest female tennis player of all time. And she's crying. Because that person had a meltdown and got into it with the the guy in the chair. It's brutal. Sometimes things just are what they are. It doesn't have to be race. It doesn't have to be sex. It doesn't have to be an agenda. It just is what the fuck it is. And sometimes it's people acting like a fucking entitled baby. That's what I saw from it. And I was glad she fucking lost because anytime I play, you ever play ball with somebody like that or you ever play and you're beating somebody and maybe that person is better at you at that game, but that day you're doing it better. That day you're doing good. You know, I play golf sometimes, uh, with my, with my stepfather. Uh, and when I play with him, you know, I, I brought him out there after I was playing for seven, eight years, I brought him out there. And so I have like seven, eight like, you know, golf seasons on the guy. So I'm better because I just, I've played more. Okay. And I would beat him the majority of the time. Okay. And he, we went out this year, early in the season, June, maybe June, July or something like that. Um, maybe late June. And he was just beating me. Just anything I did, anytime I tried to come back and get some strokes on him on a hole, he just would hit another good drive, another good shot, make a putt. And it got to the point where we were like more than halfway done the round, and I was like, I'm not going to beat him today. And I could have easily been like, ah, well, you know, this and that, like just started being a dick about it. It's like, you don't do that. You know, you don't do that. And I know I'm using a recreational, a fun thing instead of the U.S. Open. I get that. But it's like, at some point, you just got to take the L. Instead of being, you know, like that. And I think the fact with frustration and then the guy going back and forth and then, you know, the guy kind of while you're losing, it probably is frustrating to be like, I see what your coach is doing. And then be like, fuck you, I'm the best. Don't tell me, I'm not cheating. And it just turned into that. So it's just it all around sucks. Uh, but like sometimes you're just going to lose and don't be a sore. I, I don't like that. Being a sore loser is, is, is shitty. Take the fucking L and that's it and move on. You know, it's not like she's not going to be there again. It's not like she's probably not going to win another one, but it's just ridiculous. And I was glad she fucking lost anybody in that situation. I'd be glad. So that is my unacceptable. And to see somebody up there on ESPN say it, it is sexist or that like it wouldn't happen with a man. And then all of a sudden to have somebody come on and go, no, 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 it did happen with a man. It happened in the Olympics to Andy Murray. He called the same guy stupid and got the same fucking punishment. So, uh, there you go. You know, I just, uh, everything is turning into like a, some sort of controversy or some sort of, what, you don't like women or what, you, you know, it's just like, why is everything like that now? You know, it, it, why is everything like, oh, do you feel this way? Are you one of those people? Like every, everything puts you in a certain category now. 
of like, oh, that guy's like this. Oh, no, that one time that guy's like this. Oh, well, we know what he's going to be because that thing happened. And it's like, no, you don't know anything. You don't know anything about anybody because of one, you know, thing. You know, Bill Cosby, you know a little something about that guy because enough, you know what I mean? But not like one or two incidents. And, and I think when things get like that, it is definitely a dangerous a dangerous thing and a slippery slope. All right. There you go. I said my piece. Um, staying on sports, I took my little boy to the um, I took my little boy to the Giants game. Um, we got tickets. My mother-in-law got tickets from her firm, and I was like, I don't know, you know. Got invited to the game with somebody else. Didn't do that. Got invited to a like a house get together. Didn't do that. And then I was like, it's going to rain. Maybe I'll just sit home and watch the game. And my mother-in-law was like, I got tickets. Why don't you guys go? So we end up going. And we got to see Saquon Barkley's uh, first game as a Giant. And I'll tell you this. It was a great game. Even though the Giants fell short, they're playing the best defense in the NFL. They're playing uh, a team and a defense that got to the AFC champ one quarter away. These guys were one quarter away, one play away from going to the Super Bowl. Now, they didn't, but they're really, really good, and they're they're coming. This is a team that is coming. And the Giants hung with them the whole time. Eli, no big mistakes at all. The only interception that Eli did throw, it wasn't his fault. The ball got... Uh, he was throwing a pass, and somebody's hand went up, and it like nipped it, and then it got deflected and took it. But as far as his passes, he threw eleven. He threw um, eleven receptions to uh, ODB. Uh, I know it's OBJ. I like calling him ODB. Um, Odell was on his game. Saquon Barkley, sixty-eight yard touchdown to the house, hundred and six yards rushing, twenty-two yards receiving. He had an amazing game, touchdown, first, no, you know, got hit a couple times, pretty good, no fumble, rookie, you know, taking those hits, um, you know, everybody, it seemed good, like, we lost by five points, I thought it, I thought that to go against the team that is a cha- almost, like, right there on the cusp of being a championship caliber AFC team with the best defense in the league, I was happy with it. You know, the Giants seemed like, you know, they seemed they seemed good. They were everything was good. Me and my son, we were psyched to see that guy uh carry the ball. The rain sucks. When you're just sitting there and it was one of those rains where it was like not enough where you had to leave, but enough to make you a little cold and uncomfortable and seep through your pants and me and my son had like, you know, brand new sneakers on, I don't know, brand new white sneakers on. Actually didn't get dirty, which is crazy, but um yeah, you can't really enjoy the tailgate. Nobody was really tailgating too much. The parking lot was pretty empty because it wasn't a beautiful day. So then people just showed up last minute to run into the stadium, which made it a little more crowded. Um, it was just one of those kind of like, ah, if the weather was just a little better, it would have been more enjoyable. But it's still, we had great seats, 50-yard line, um, saw everything, and uh, it was awesome to be there. Uh, like I said, my predictions... Uh, I think I'm five and eight right now with two games today. Five, eight, and one, and I don't know how that happened. So I guess with a tie yesterday, a push. So uh, five, eight, and one. So if I win the games tonight, I'll be right there at about fifty percent, which is still not good enough. I want to get up on this leaderboard on Capper Network 
and uh, get my picks right. But now you're learning a little bit about the league. You'll know it a, a, a little bit more. Uh, Yankees still three games up on the wild card. We'll see what happens with them going to the playoffs. So there you go. People that didn't like sports, I'm sorry. It's over. Don't worry. I ripped the Band-Aid off. I will move on right now. And we will get going. Uh, we'll get going with some other stuff. Uh, had a great time this weekend. Did a TV taping for Comedy Central. Um, did a TV taping for Comedy Central at the Comedy Cellar the other night. And uh, it was a pretty sick environment. Village Underground, all cameras everywhere to uh, tape this Comedy Central show. And, uh, you know, you got to sign all the papers for what, you know, footage they're going to use or maybe use and this and that. And uh, it was pretty cool. The crowd was pumped to be part of a television taping for Comedy Central. It's a show that's going to be coming on Comedy Central. Uh, oh, wait, can I even say this yet? Jesus, I don't even know if I should be saying this. Um, it was a test show that they don't know if it'll be on Comedy Central, but I can't really give away the the um, the name and all the information just yet. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, that was Saturday night. Did a couple shows. New York Comedy Club, Cellar. Uh, where was I on on Friday? Oh, Friday night I did Danger Fields. That's a whole other fucking story. I'm not going to get into that. Let's just say, uh, yeah, whatever. I'm going to skip over that because I'm not trying to be... I don't want to be... I don't want to burn any bridges. I don't want to be rude. Nothing. Uh, I don't know why I just said that to you guys. Uh, because if people could read between the lines, it obviously doesn't sound positive. But it was just it was just an issue that annoyed me at a club. I, you know, but then there's comedians that, that, you know, you don't want to mention names and shit happens. So what can you do? I know I'm tiptoeing around this shit like crazy. Something happened Friday night at Dangerfields. Kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Didn't love the experience. But, uh, you know, whatever. Was on stage. Had a good time. It's just, uh, you know, different type of... Different type of thing. That's the amazing part about doing stand-up is the different experiences in the same city, same neighborhood, you know. You could go to one comedy club on the Upper East Side, packed out, amazing crowd, and then same Upper East Side neighborhood, you go to a place, do the same exact joke, and they're like, all right, you know. It's just like a whole different type of vibe, a whole different type of atmosphere, and it could definitely be um, annoying. And you're like, what What just happened? It's so different, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, I just, I'm just reading this shit. I'm, it, I don't know why it annoys me. I think what annoys me is that... Um, I think what annoys me is that I feel like you can tell... Let me try to say this right. You can tell when things are changing in society and, and, and when they're changing in society for the negative by what the media keeps pushing. And all I see from the media today, all I see is division. All that I see is, you know, the media basically making you draw a line in the sand and sticking with that and anybody else who is not on your side, anybody else who is either a free thinker or thinks different or opposite of what the media is pushing is the fucking enemy. And you feel it. You feel it in comedy clubs. You feel it in life. You just feel it. 
And then when you come across somebody that is a free thinker and a logical thinker and doesn't choose a side and just kind of thinks what they feel in their heart is right, it's almost like such a refreshing thing where you're like, oh my God, thank God you're here. You ever, right? You ever see somebody that like, or like you're in a big crowded place and everything is kind of going fast. It's almost like this anxiety attack. Everything's going fast and you're like, oh fuck, or you're uncomfortable at a party or, or you're at this get together. You don't really know people and everything. And then all of a sudden in the distance, you see somebody that you know, that you like, that understands you, that you understand. And you finally meet that person and you're just like, oh my God, Jerry Seinfeld tells a story about being at a, a party. And he doesn't know anybody and there's no comedians there. And all of a sudden he saw like Chris Rock or he saw somebody and he goes, oh my God, I just ran up to him. And I go, oh, comedian. And I felt better. I felt safe. It's like, it, it sucks that like it has to be like that in life because so much of it is just really choosing, a, you know, a team or choosing something, you know? Um, and it, it, it used to not be like that. I feel like, unless I'm just getting old, I know it sounds crazy. But, you know, it's also funny, too, when you're a kid, you hear, like, your mother and father be like, ah, man, shit's going bad. This this is not the same country. And you would always just be like, you would always just be like, uh, oh, man, what are they talking about? That's old people talk. The country's fine. It's the same. And, I mean, it is. The country's fine, and it, it, a lot of the things are, are the same, and this does happen a lot and come and go. But... um you do see like things as you get older and you become a parent and you see, you see things that are like that change and stuff. And you're just like, Oh shit, this is not like the way that it used to be. And sometimes things do change for the better. It's not always for the, you know, for bad, you know, but it's getting to the point where like I get relieved seeing like a natural disaster or like a bad weather thing. I know that that's, that's so horrible. Like I'm looking at this thing, like, um, this hurricane, is it a hurricane? Hurricane or like Storm Florence packs big punch as it heads to the East Coast. All right. And that's my coast. So I probably shouldn't say that. But it says the storm rapidly strengthened to a category four. I guess it's a hurricane and could be the most powerful to hit the region in decades. Okay. Now that's scary, fucked up shit. (laughs) Right. And they have a picture of it. You guys could look if you go on, like go on anywhere. You could go like CNN or any of these places or it's all over the probably your cell phones have it, but you just look and there's a picture from a satellite from space looking at this huge, huge, like, you know, turning hurricane from space on the globe. And, um, yeah, where are you at now? Flat earthers. They're basically showing this hurricane on the ball of the earth circle. Uh, anyway, and I saw it and I got relieved. I was like, oh my God, fine. There's no, is this sexist? Is this racist? Is this guy a piece of shit? Is this guy doing this? This is horrible. It's like enough, enough. Uh, I guess Elon Musk was smoking a joint and on, on during a podcast and people gave him shit for that. Um, I mean, I don't know if he deserves too much shit, but I, I kind of get like, no, I, I actually, I don't even, I don't even, uh, think that that's bad a guy smoking a joint on a podcast like the guy came up with you know all this amazing stuff and uh you know he's they're giving him shit for um you know smoking a joint on on a podcast you know it's not listen if guy was blowing lines or something you know but 
Oh, by the way, speaking of, you know, drugs, I wanted to, uh, I didn't really know about Mac Miller too much, uh, 26-year-old rapper, he started on YouTube, got an MTV show, um, just want to say I saw some clips of him, uh, seemed like a good dude, seemed like a good kid, uh, died of an overdose, anytime you see that, you know, guys know that hit my family, um, lost my brother-in-law Kevin, may he rest in peace, God rest his soul. Um, 30 years old to a drug overdose and uh, this kid was 20 years old he uh, has performances on uh, you know musical performances I believe I, I saw the last one I saw he did something on Stephen Colbert um, seemed really good uh, the music was was pretty cool he seemed like a guy with a lot of you know just a, a good soul and uh, 26 years old gone and uh, you know just want to say that's a Horrible thing to see. Rest in peace to that. And, and it's, uh, you know, it, what's going on with heroin in this country is, you know, so unbelievably, I mean, I know people are talking about it, but it's such an epidemic. It's such a crazy, I think the amount of, you know, overdoses, uh, you know, compared to years ago, it's just so in insane. And, um, you know, feeling it in your family, but then it's just like the, the opioid overdose thing is, is, um, like I'm the numbers, I'm looking at the numbers now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's just an overwhelming, you know, problem. And it's like, you don't want to be, what's it called? You don't want to be rude or insensitive, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there should be no campaign or anything like that or slogan. It should just be, if you fucking shoot heroin in your arm, you're going to fucking die. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you're going to die. Not, oh, I have control of it and, oh, I'm going to do this and I, you know, and like people, and I know people, you know, I know people with the addiction. And it's like, you kind of got to distance yourself because, because it's, it's either they're going to fucking overdose and survive and be in rehab and then get out and kill themselves or, you know, I, I did uh, hear of a friend who I lost touch with who was became a heroin addict and um, got clean and is better now. And I was really, really happy to hear that. Uh, that's really rare. That's really, really fucking rare. And uh, if you know anybody doing this shit, just, you know, intervene. And, and, and let them know, and if it's somebody you think you can get through to, like, look, you're going to fucking die, man. You know? This dude was 26 years old, gone. It's a, it's just, it's as bad and as, as, as it could be. I mean, what, what, else, what else can you fucking say about it? You know? How many Americans? Look at this. From, I'm looking at this from 1999, Okay. From 1999, there were 5,000 overdoses in the United States of heroin, okay? So, there are 5,000. Then, it went up to in 2000 and now in 2018, it went up, what, 30-some thousand. It says, among more... Uh, among the more than 72,000 drug overdose deaths estimated in 2017, the sharpest increase occurred uh, among deaths related 
uh, to the opioids, to the uh, synthetic opioids, um, with nearly 30,000 overdose deaths. It's, yeah. So, and then this one says total, I'm sorry, in, drug, uh, drug involved in the U.S. overdose deaths. That, that was the wrong thing. This is total United States drug deaths. 1999, it was almost 20,000. And right now, it is getting close to 72,000 in 2017, which means it's, it's just rapidly, rapidly climbing. So, I mean, to be a downer on this fucking podcast, but uh, yeah, I know that this podcast just immediately started with serious shit and really hasn't gotten uh, not serious, but sometimes you got to talk about this shit, you know? I don't always always sit there and be like, yeah, this guy's picking his feet in front of me. Sometimes it doesn't have to fucking be that. You know, so get over it, fucking babies. Um, yeah, it's uh, and then this says national overdose. This number of deaths involving all drugs uh, has gone up from two thousand and two to a little over twenty thousand to over seventy, you know, over seventy something thousand, uh, you know, last year. So yeah, it's just it's just a fucking people are using drugs more now, and I don't. Here's the thing that I don't understand. With all the technology, video games being the best, having everything at your fingertips with your phone, um, you know, um, graphics on everything better, access to movies and all the things better, streaming, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, all these different things, um, the gaming is so much better than everything, yet people are still, people are doing drugs more than ever. You know, it just, it seems like you have more to do, you can do more, you can make money from home. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe having, maybe, maybe it's doing the opposite. Maybe having access to all that shit is just making people like, I don't know, home more, bored more. I don't know. I don't know, but it really is, uh, it really is a scary fucked up thing and it's something that needs to be, uh, addressed if you know it. Like if you, seriously, man, if you could save one life. If you could involve one life, uh, in, you know, get involved in one life to make it better and improve to make these people, you know, not do it. Because I can tell you right now, I will never, ever forget the phone call when we found out that I lost my uh, brother-in-law. I will never forget the way that that phone call sounded. And I will never forget the um, initial shock and everything that we went through. It was one of the fucking, it was so bad and um, so sad. God, how am I going to get this podcast back? Um, now we're going to go to the amount of abortions. So in 20... No, I'm just <laughs> You start bringing everything up bad. Uh, the Challenger exploded in 1986. I remember where I was. Here's the thing about plane crashes. Just everything's bad. You guys are fucking crying like, Jesus, I got to just listen to Verzi's podcast. I need to go... I need to go for a jog. Um... Oh, my God. Then here's the New York Times. Ready? Serena Williams spotlights tennis. Oh, my God. Basically, was it? Basically saying, you know, spotlights tennis is like not being equal, but in the best way with a question mark. How come it's just, that's the thing. Oh, my God. Here, I don't mean to go, but that's the thing. And here's the funniest fucking thing ever. This is how fucking stupid we are. And we just buy into it every day. The other day, the New York Post had 
all these statistics about how um, employment is the best it's ever been and how the economy in the United States is exploding. And I guess that's the more conservative paper. And then the other one just says something bad. And it's like, oh, well, let's see what they're trying to do. Maybe get the people that fucking think that way to pick this paper up and the people that think that way to pick this paper up. There needs to be a neutral paper called like fuck off, the daily fuck off. And it just has, it just tells both sides to go fuck themselves and just has like straight up real shit, you know, like the Serena thing. Spoiled brat. Yeah. Meltdown? Yeah. I don't know why that song just came on. Maybe that means stop yelling, Paul. Okay, we're going to do that. Uh, <laughs> it's, oh, oh my God. As I said that, as I said that, I literally just looked at something that said NewYorkPost.com. As I X'd out of that song that just came up, it says it's shameful what US Open did to Naomi Osaka. I guess that's the that's the name. Osaka, 20-year-old, just became the first from Japan to win, and they did that. Um, so anyway, what are you going to do? And there you go. There's the, there's the, po- and I know it makes it sound like I fucking, you know, uh, am one-sided, but I'm not. I'm, I'm really, I'm just saying like, you know what I think that it is. Okay, let's try to get this thing funny here. And let's let's stop talking about oh my god, forty something minutes. I'm sorry. Did I depress you guys? Well fuck it. Sometimes I gotta get stuff off of my chest. Okay? Sometimes I gotta do this podcast and it's gotta be for me. It's not just for you. Okay? It's for me. It's my therapy. It's shit that I have to get off my back because I could give you this shit instead of walking around and taking it out on somebody later. Like, guess who? My wife comes in the door. Hey, babe, I thought you were going to go pick up dinner. Well, I didn't, okay? Because ESPN is pissing me the fuck off. (laughs) Babe, why didn't you get dinner? I'll tell you why. Because Max Kellerman is fucking playing into the media. That's why. All right, that's why our family and our children are going to be hungry tonight. Why don't you go tweet at Max Kellerman and tell him, hey, Max, thanks for making my family hungry tonight. You obviously pissed off my husband, and it was enough to make him not have his shit together to go get food for the family. I hope you're happy, Max. Uh, I got two weddings to go to this month. Next weekend is my wife's stepsisters. I don't even know how to say it. My wife's ex-stepsister? My wife's stepsister? Anyway, very happy for so cool. Laura and Mark, uh, they are getting married in Philadelphia next week. So we're going to that. And then a week after that, everybody, my sister, my lovely, beautiful sister, Carissa. Carissa and her fiancé, Aramis. That's right, his name is Aramis. He's very Italian. Uh, He's the one that gave me an edible... That mate almost fucking killed me. Oh, there we go. As as we speak, I mean, everything is on cue. As we speak, my wife, we need cheese. Tacos for dinner? See, she's ready. Not tonight, honey. Tonight, Paulie's got a vent. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to these weddings. And um, here's what I don't like about weddings. And I'm super excited for my sister. You know, I'm excited for all these people because these are all really good people that are in our family, obviously, um, that are 
you know, family that we love and it's always a good time and you, you eat, you drink and you dance. But here's the thing. When it gets, this is one thing I don't like, okay? I'm not doing a fucking conga dance around a thing like a bunch of fucking assholes, all right? Um, yes, and it's just a lot of, and then the, the, the more the drinking, the more the older people get on the dance. Have you ever seen older white people dance? I said it before, older white people dancing at a wedding, it just looks like a bunch of people getting physical therapy. It's fucking embarrassing. It's people throwing their arms up, kicking their legs out, looking like an asshole, their ties all undone, they're red in the face. It's fucking embarrassing for all everybody involved, so you just got to laugh and think it's funny. But then the next day when you're hungover at breakfast and you're sitting there and you're like, that guy acted like such a fucking asshole, I can't believe he did it in public, you know? That woman was fucking trying too hard, lifting her dress above her knees, shaking like she fucking really was going to be a dancer. It's like you're not going to be a dancer at all. You know, half the people are fucking overweight, not knowing what what they're doing. It's just a shit show. The DJ thinks he's cool. All right, now we need everybody. It's like, dude, what are you getting? How much are you getting for this? Just fucking play the songs. You know what I mean? Like... All right, here's one that gets everybody going. You know, you watch a bunch of people doing the fucking Macarena. It's just, it's, at the the end of the day, it's embarrassing. A lot of it's embarrassing. And I, and I don't mean to be a dick, but that's why my wedding was the shit. Because my wedding, what do we have, an eight, nine piece band? We had uh, people that played in like the New York Philharmonic. I mean, we had some wild shit. We had some really nice, um, we had some night. I'm not gonna lie, and and I have friends who are getting married soon, and I and DJs are great. So I'm not trying to be a dick. If you get a DJ wedding, that's fine. DJ the wedding. A good DJ can make a great wedding, but just don't do the stocky fucking hacky DJ wedding. Macarena, everybody going around in a circle, kicking and dancing, just doing the stupid shit. You know, just fucking. You know what I mean? Like do it a little different. You know, people should start doing different shit. How about, like, live music? Have somebody just come out and, like, cover a, a killer song and then leave. You know, bring, like, multiple singers in. Be like, yeah, I want to hear fucking... Bring in a band to do a cover to Smashing Pumpkins. Then, you know, they pack their shit up. You give them a piece of cake. Send them on their way. Then you bring somebody into a singer. Have some, you know, some love song and shit. You know, something... I Just do something different. And I'm not doing that. Like, when they try to fucking grab you by the hand and say, come and dance. I'm like, nah. Oh, come on, what are you, too cool? To... No, I'm not saying I'm too cool, but I'm just, I'm just not doing that. You could go look like an asshole. I'm not gonna. That's the thing. I got suckered into that one time. I remember my mother-in-law was trying to, like, drag me out to dance and do this. It's, it's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. You go dance. Go fucking, go go let somebody else be an asshole. I'm not doing it. Oh, come on, it's fun. What are you doing? Like, I, you know, I don't like that shit. When people are like, oh, what are you taking yourself too seriously? It's like, no, I'm not taking myself too seriously. I will slow dance with my wife. Okay? I will slow dance with my wife. I'm not doing the fucking twist with you. You know? I'm not... What are you getting from that? Oh, you're drunk? (laughs) That's what you get? You're drunk. I'm not doing that shit. Why am I getting texts? You know? uh, What? No, but I. Sitting at what? Oh my God! I, you know, I when I ask, please like to talk to me about shit. I know I'm having a conversation with you guys that I should. Whatever. I just got mad. 
<laughs> I think this is the weirdest TVE ever. And I don't know if it's my mood or what's going on. All right, I think it's safe to say I'm just a little, I got a little angst. I think I need to go to the gym. But I'm not going to the gym, you know? It's another thing I'm not doing. I'm not, I'm not going to the gym. It's like, I'll do push-ups in my fucking house. I'll get like a video. I'd rather be motivated by like, oh, that's the other thing I, th- I, I learned this week that I wanted to talk about, which I think is so freaking gross and disgusting that I talked to somebody that said that they did hot yoga and they lost weight in hot yoga because I guess in hot yoga, hot yoga is like... I don't know, 115 degrees and you're pouring sweat. And I heard the room fucking stinks. And they were like, yeah, the room stinks because like it's okay and accepted to fart like out loud in yoga and that there's people just farting, like women and men just fucking just busting ass in some fucking 115 and everybody's okay with that. It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, where are the puke bags in this shithole? I'm going to be standing next to 20 people sweating Okay, like they're on fire in 115 degree weather and they're doing all these, you know, stretches and they're all, you know, moaning and groaning and then I'm going to be hearing farts and the doors closed. Fuck you, dude. How about this? How about I get a yoga mat? I go downstairs in my house and I put it on my fucking big TV, the big screen, and there's an instructor telling me what stretches to do and I do that. Oh, it's not part of it, dude. You just got to be part of it and, and, and everybody together. No, everyone doesn't have to. I, I'm, I'm motivated enough. I don't need people, you know? I don't need a million people to go on stage with me and start fucking telling jokes. I'm motivated enough. Yeah, I'm angry. I'm definitely angry on this one for sure. But do you know what I mean? Like farting? In a, like how sick, how disgusting is that? I'm not even trying to be funny here. And I know it, it, there's no other way. The, the word fart is hilarious and the act of a fart is hilarious. What's funnier than a fart? A fart is arguably the... I mean, fart is top three funniest things of all time. It's just It just goes without. But the fact that, you know, you're going to be in a yoga studio with everybody like farting or even, even the people that like silent fart. You know what's going on. It's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting, man. I don't know. I'm not, I, I, you know, like I'm all about, listen, you want to be part of a community and like, you know, push people and stuff. I get that, you know, oh no, you do it as a class, you do it together. I kind of get that, but not when it comes to like disgusting, like bodily, you know, people sweating and doing all that stuff. Man, that's gross to me. Seriously. Um, like I think yoga works and I have a bad back. So I think like stretching and doing shit like that for your back is great. I think, you know, but I could stretch my back and do yoga myself. I can go swimming and stretch my back. I can do things like that. You know, I, I, I would rather take a swimming class or, or, or a class where like, where like exercise swimming, where like I got to go back and forth in an Olympic pool until I'm fucking exhausted, you know, shit like that. But not, you know, even like a boxing, I would get like an in- instructor to like do boxing training so you could get lean and lose weight. I would, I would actually want to do that. You know, because if I didn't have the heavy bag at my house or a speed bag at my house or certain things like that, or somebody that boxed knows how to tell you to do shit. But just some, you know, in yoga instructor putting mats down, telling you to do this now while everybody's farting and shit, sweating. It's fucking gross. <laughs> it's gross. Uh, can I say that or am I going to be in trouble? 
well, why is it gross? I don't understand. Like, what are you like against people like being natural? Like, that's the problem. Like, and nobody could be free. And then they're afraid to say things and they don't express themselves. And then everybody keeps it inside. And then there's a school shooting. It's like, what? It's like, or I just don't like fucking farty, sweaty people. <laughs> oh my God. What's happening? What's, all right, let's, let's talk about tonight's football games. I'll do a little prediction here. Oh, I already did the predictions, but let's talk about some football teases, huh? Let's talk about betting, gambling. No, not going to do that with you guys. We already did enough sports. We already did enough sports. Let's see. Here's what I'm going to do. Just to prove a point. We'll just wrap this up in a bit because there's no way that it's going to get positive. So let's just stay on the... Let's just stay on the... Um, here we go. Here's what's on CNN's headlines right now. Florence packs big punch for East Coast. You see the big thing, okay? Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Tesla. Forget the stock. Tesla's bonds are imploding. Okay? And then the next one. White House changes its phone policy amid heightened paranoia. Great. So that's that's on there, Okay? So let's go to Fox News and see what Fox News is saying. Let's see. Breaking news. Everything's breaking. Everything's breaking news. Everything's an update. Everything's an alert. Um, okay. D, uh, the DNC tells court Maltese professor uh, at heart of collusion probe may be dead. Okay, Trump mocks Obama over magic wand remark as economy booms. Okay, um, uh, Broadway actress makes shocking quip about uh, Trump assassination. Um, police seek man seen committing two vicious robberies. Okay, let's go to MSN. Let's just see all these things. Not one thing could, that could unite. Right? MSNBC. Not one thing that could unite people. Um, other than warning them that we could all be fucked by a storm. MSN, breaking news, top stories. Everything's breaking news, top stories. Um, okay. Here we go. Yeah, Bob, whatever his name is, warns uh, about what's going on in the White House. Okay, uh, they're talking about the storm. Uh, let's see. De uh, Trump detached from reality jeopardizes national security. Uh, Amarosa hashtag used White House staffers for Twenty Fifth Amendment talk. Um, yeah. So everything. So here's what here's what you're being told. A big storm's coming. The White House is in shambles. Stocks are down. Other places are saying stocks are up. Uh, is there an, is there like an independent site like a I don't know. That's what's going on. Frankly, people, I'm tired of the same shit. I'm tired of it. I really am. I'm just waiting for... Uh, but but I, I will bring it... I will bring things together like this. I will bring this podcast together like this. Okay? I saw something where people were communicating with each other. And it was people from all different types of things. I truly think if a social experiment was done... Seriously, where a social experiment was done and you took 
25 people from the left and 25 people from the right. Or maybe 25 is too much. Let's say 15 from the left and 15 from the right, okay? Some journalists and media on one side, two are part of this 15. Some journalists, <coughs> media, anchors, you know, from the right. And you put them together and you weren't allowed, they weren't allowed to talk politics, social issues, nothing. They just had to hang out. They had to hang out. They had to go and eat and they could never talk about politics, you know, race, anything like that. They were just supposed to have positive interaction with each other for a while. And you watch how they behaved. And you saw how, how it was and how nice and how fucking great people can be. And how amazing it could be when people come together. And you see them talking. And then all of a sudden when those things, you know, nobody just puts their arm around each other and goes, unless it's family on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Nobody, and, and, and not even then really, because then it gets shitty. But the, the amazing thing would be, you know, to put your arm around somebody that you wholeheartedly disagree with. Wholeheartedly. Okay. And just go, man, I disagree with you, dude, but I love you. Let's go get a burger. Let's go see a movie. And, like, you just, like, have the human connection happen other than this shit. I think that people would be really, really surprised and and understand how. Because I've seen it. Have you ever, and I don't care about the time. It's my show. I'll go fucking, I'll go late. I'll go long. I don't care. You know what I mean? Um, Have you ever seen somebody that was on Facebook or, you know, social media. They were just doing something um, or talking about something on those on those platforms and it was just you wholeheartedly disagreed. Almost to the point where you're like, how the fuck can they say that? How can they truly with a straight face fucking be that one-sided? How can they be that right wing? How could they be that left wing? And then you see them out and you talk to them and then you kind of like have an understanding with each other. You're like, yeah, dude, you didn't have to do that. It's, I get it, like you feel a certain way, but you didn't have, because you're not going to win that way. And you realize that person is not really that bad or fucked up. Um, you know what that will never happen with, which is funny, is sports, right? I could never put my arm around a Dallas Cowboy fan, you know, because it's where you're from. It's what you grew up with. There, there's no way somebody's going to put their arm around me and be like, look, dude, I know you're a Yankee fan, right? But come on, dude. Boston's not that far, dude. Just just listen to me. Just listen to me, okay? I know you guys have more championships. Your grandfathers loved them and took you to... But listen, just come to Fenway. I'll get you a jersey and a hat. And just, you know, for the next few years, start... Fuck. Nobody could be like, all right, I think I could do that. Which is even funny. If you think about it, that's fucking hilarious, too. Because that's almost impossible. Like, I would much rather sit down with somebody <laughs> who was so against my, you know, whatever, however I feel, you know, as far as like politically or, or socially, I would much rather fucking hang with a person like that and, and even talk about those issues than even discussing positive things about a team I hate, which is really funny because it goes to show how fucking crazy fans are. Like I could never, ever put a Cowboys jersey on, ever. You know what it would take for me to put a Cowboys jersey on? Like I, like there are teams that you don't like, and then there are teams that you fucking love to watch them lose. Cowboys, I like watching lose. Red Sox. Um, I like when I don't know why I like when the Lakers are down. Sometimes I just think because they always had this thing about them, where that they were so much, you know. And I'm sure people feel the same about the Yankees. 
You know, imagine you who hates the Yankees right now. Imagine if you just had to put on the pinstripes. You hate them. Like, you couldn't do it. I just find it funny that, like, that's such a big... People lose bets like, oh, my God, dude, if I lose that bet, I'll wear that jersey all day. And it's like a big, horrible, painful thing to them. I find that hilarious that it's just a piece of clothes that you're going to just take off. But in your mind, you're like, I can't believe I, I'm representing this. I'm just... <laughs> they act like they're carrying the enemy's flag. You know, it's it's really... And it, it happens to just be where you were, where you grew up and what your parents watched. It's the funniest thing. Or, you know, if you're, you know, I know a lot of people like the Yankees because their grandparents like Mickey Mantle, even the ones that didn't live in New York, which I find, uh, which I find pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't mean to be, I hope, you know, I know this podcast, I was a little, you know, but I guess pissed off or bothered or, you know, feeling like, um, just the same shit's happening and it's just annoying me and everybody has to make this thing as if it was this, if it was that. It's just like you could feel a difference. I could feel it. You could feel how people are acting. You could feel, I could feel it in comedy clubs. You know, how, how, how things are either socially accepted and socially like pushed or God forbid you say it and everybody's like, oh my God, ew, that's the, see, that's the problem. You could feel it. You could feel it with the media. You could just fucking feel it when you talk to people. And I hate it. But the one thing you can do is just be you and not fucking change for it. And if you do that, and I know that that's what my listeners do. Because if you listen to me and you like me, you probably are like me. You know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not fucking here. I don't do this podcast. I'm not trying to inform anybody of anything. You know, there's plenty of podcasts. You want to go learn about that? There's some amazing podcasts. Have, you know, Joe Rogan's got fucking scientists and all these people and these huge guests and you learn about things like that. I just, you know, me, I'll have a guest on here or there. Um, oh, for you Patreon listeners, I did go in to that sandwich place and talk to the manager. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll talk about that on the next one. Um, but, yeah, by the way, get me on Patreon for another uh, $3. Just get more... more uh, more content, uh, you know, all that stuff, updates and certain things, ins- more inside stuff and, and $3 a month, more more TV, whatever. Um, but yeah, I never wanted to do this podcast to be to inform too much. I mean, I'll talk about a topic and let people know what what's going on with that. But I just I just want to just talk about like what I guess I guess what I'm feeling and what's going on and certain things that I, I see. Um, and then obviously, you know, have some guests on here or there. But I feel like um, you know, you're also never going to change. You're also never going to change. Like, I'm I'm not going to change things. Nobody's ever going to change things. Um, you can help people. And you could change somebody's life, like, individually. But, you know, I'm not going to... not going to change, you know, the world. Because I think if you were able to... If one person... I, no, actually, one person could change a lot. But I don't know if you could change the world. But here's one thing that I learned. And here's one thing that I will inform you people of. Science says that bald men are stronger and more confident. Okay? And it says, wake your, uh, wakeupyourmind.net. Look it up. Science says bald men are stronger, more confident. The American Hair Loss Association estimates that approximately... Okay, so here's some, here's some info that I'm giving you. 
Two out of three of men lose their hair by the time they turn 35 years old. Moreover, uh, more uh, 85% of them will experience great hair loss by the age of 50. What's uh, what's more, early ball, uh, what's more, early ball, uh, balding around the age of 20 or 22 may result in depression. However, a recent t- scientific study has shown that bald men are more <laughs> muscular. Oh no, um, yeah, musculine, whatever, compared to those uh, that have a full head of hair. Bald men are much more dominant and stronger. Perhaps balding is not such a big deal after all. Additionally, bald men are considered to be stronger, more dominant, more masculine. Um, according to the study, bald men should embrace it by shaving, <laughs> shaving their hair off. They should embrace baldness by shaving their heads rather than concealing hair loss. It is a fact that shaved head grows stubble the same rate as well as the same manner of the shaved face. Men shouldn't try to hide their baldness. Uh, wear a toupee or comb over. <laughs> what would you guys do if I just started rocking a fucking hairpiece and I had a comb over? <laughs> like just a straight up fucking wig. Like if I just had a wig and I fucking wet it and gelled it and styled it. Over time, many people have started accepting shaved heads. Women view men as more confident. I also heard something about sexual stuff, but I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into that. But there you go. So, there's a positive note. Okay, there's a positive note. Fuck what everything's going on out there. There's a positive note. If you got a shaved head, or if you shave your head because there's certain areas of the top of your head that are weaker than the sides, women say you're more confident. I remember too when I first started, but here's the funny thing about me. I started shaving my head low at 18 because for so long in my teens, I had like long hair that I could pull down past my nose, like to my mouth. So I would have like a fade in the back and I always had like long hair and I would either like, you know, just brush it back or it would hang down on the sides. And I just had it for so long, young, that when I was like 18, 17, 18, I just gave it a buzz cut. And, and I always just liked it. Sometimes I'd let it grow a little bit, but I always just liked it kind of shorter because it was easier. And then in like my 20s, when I noticed certain parts were thinner, I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll just stay low. And then I just got low. And luckily, you also do have, have to have a decent shaped head. Like I'm lucky that my head is round. That's the tough part. There are some people that shave their heads and they would look fine, except either the top of their head's fucking flat like Frank Frankenstein or the back of their head or the sides. And if your head is a screwed up shape, that, that's when it could be a little. But I just find a wig is one of... <laughs> a wig is... One day I should just walk on stage in a full-fledged fucking wig, comb back, and, uh, and just see how people... Don't even like react to it. Just see what, you know, see what people think. Um, let's see here. All right. What, what, what shows do we have coming up? We got some good shows coming up. I'm going to be, some of the dates are changing on the website. So I'm going to update that today, but I have, um, yeah, I have a bunch of new dates that are going to be getting on there and, uh, yeah, November 2nd special coming out. Uh, I kind of gave you guys a hint to where it will be. So, uh, but that official announcement is coming really soon. And um, there you go. So the updated site, check it in like a day or so, 
and by tomorrow or or something, all the updated shows uh, on the new paulverzi.com. Check out the um, podcast. I mean, not the podcast. The uh, the website and Patreon. That's right. The website. You guys know Patreon. You go on there for three dollars a month, and um, you know, just listen to some more shit. I had a story about how I got really upset with the worker at the Jersey Mike's, and the saga continues. But I, I had to finally say something about it. So, um, yeah, I'm done not talking. Like, when it's bad, I'm just going in. When it's an unacceptable, I'm just going in. Speaking of that, I didn't even do your guys' unacceptable. I'm sitting here talking all this shit. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sitting here talking all this shit, getting mad at stupid things that I can't control. And, uh, yeah, so send your unacceptables to unacceptables for TVE. Or you could even send me a quick unacceptable or a tweet, a Twitter. A tweet? Yeah. Um, but for you people that are on the fence or you don't know if you want to do the Patreon, um, it's basically like, uh, me and Bobby Kelly have a crossover YKWD and him from the Vegas hotel. It's just hilarious. That one's up there. Pictures from my Vegas room, pictures of the Vegas skyline. Um, there's, uh, you know, sometimes quick ones. Then I rant about this manager that drove me nuts at the sandwich place. Um, you know, all kinds of stuff. I, you know, crying, laughing on some of these things. I talk about Asian cuisine, uh, major league trades, uh, judgmental comics was one of them. What's the other one here? Yeah, uh, I'm joined like when I was at the uh, Borgata in Atlantic City, Mir and Vladimir Camano talk. So I bring guests on there, all kinds of stuff. When me and Bobby Kelly went camping, you could see stuff like that. So all that stuff for three dollars. Check it out um, on the Patreon and uh, go Giants. Enjoy football this week, everybody. Okay, don't call, don't get caught up in what they're fucking feeding you out there. I know I sound like a, you know, I sound, what was that movie where they were just like, yeah, I feel like I'm being like the Rowdy Roddy Piper was in it. Rest is so, remember They Live, where everybody thought everything was normal and they put on the, they put on the glasses and they, you could tell which people were aliens and which people weren't. I hope I'm not coming across like that. It's just, I just, I'm trying to, you know, figure out a way to, and there's no way to do it, but I just want, I, I just want things to, I think that that Serena Williams things, just calling that guy a sexist because he just, you know, when somebody was acting like a baby, just got me really pissed off. So there you go. That's what happens. This has been TVE 371. Next one will be more positive. Thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you soon. Take care.